Thank you for downloading this podcast from BJOG. My name is Patrick Chan, and welcome to the June 2023 issue of BGOG. In this issue, I focus on the commentary by Van Hoff and colleagues on the usefulness of randomized trials in obstetrics and gynecology. Traditionally, such studies are accorded the highest level of clinical evidence, with the preferred type of data to be incorporated into systematic reviews. In this article, the authors propose a framework consisting of eight domains for use in assessing the clinical utility of the findings from such studies. For journal editors, this framework is a useful tool to use when assessing whether a submitted article on a randomized trial would be of sufficient interest to the readership as well as the research community. Decisions on whether to accept or reject a submission are often dependent on whether the publication of the manuscript results in its findings being widely read, cited, or affect clinical practice. The authors also highlight that this tool would be useful for research funding organizations, health service providers, clinicians, and patients to decide on the clinical utility of the study data. I would like to highlight some of these domains from an editorial perspective in order to provide some insights for researchers on how to design a study that would increase the chance of the work being accepted as a peer-reviewed publication. Van Hoff and colleagues talk about the clinical importance of the topic being investigated, as well as the novelty of the data being reported. Articles that are more likely to be accepted for publication tend to address novel information addressing a clinically important issue. It is also important that the findings from such studies are generalizable to the widest patient population, as the BGOG is an international journal on women's health. Therefore, data from pragmatic trials employing large study populations from different and multiple recruitment centers in several countries tend to fit with our publication scope compared to small-size efficacy trials. We also strive to avoid discriminating against trials with negative findings, provided that they are well-designed, conducted and analysed, as well as being adequately powered to answer the proposed research question. The authors in this commentary have eloquently argued that such studies are still informative for deciding on which interventions to avoid being introduced into clinical practice, as well as providing data to be incorporated into systematic reviews to avoid publication bias. Another important domain proposed in this commentary is to avoid the use of surrogate outcomes where possible, as there is always some uncertainty as to whether the study findings based on such outcomes will translate in a similar manner to a more clinically meaningful outcome. Some of these surrogate outcomes employ continuous variables, whereas those that are more clinically useful tend to employ a dichotomous variable. A good example of this scenario was provided in the article whereby the authors reported that the majority of trials for induction of labour would employ delivery within 24 hours as the primary outcome, whereas a more clinically important outcome would be whether a vaginal delivery was achieved instead of a caesarean section. One postulated reason for some researchers choosing a continuous variable for the main study outcome is that a smaller sample size is required compared to the use of a dichotomous variable, 
making such a study easier to execute. It is also important to have patient or lay involvement in the design and conduct of the study. In my experience serving on the UK National Trial Steering Committees, the presence of patient involvement in such committees can actually encourage patient participation. BGOG currently require authors to provide a statement in their manuscripts to declare whether there was any patient involvement in their study. The use of pilot studies to assess feasibility is primarily for the purpose of securing funding for the subsequent definitive study by demonstrating that the study is capable of recruiting the required number of subjects. It can also provide some useful baseline information for sample size estimates for the main study. BGOG has occasionally published data from pilot randomized trials and the article by Horsberg and colleagues on the use of home blood pressure monitoring and an online lifestyle intervention program on postpartum overweight and obese women with a recent pregnancy complicated by pregnancy-induced hypertension or preeclampsia is such an example. The last domain in the two addresses the issue of transparency and integrity of the findings of the study. This is an important issue as there has been an increase in the number of published articles being retracted for scientific misconduct. For this domain, Van Hoff and colleagues have called for prospective trial registration with a trial protocol and data analysis plan to be made publicly available. BGOG currently does not accept any randomized trials for publication that have not been prospectively registered in line with the policy adopted by the International Committee of Medical Journal Editors or ICJME. We also require authors to disclose any funding of the study as well as possible conflict of interest among them. The ICJME has now recommended that authors should also provide a statement in the published articles on how they intend to share their raw data. Other leading researchers have gone further by suggesting that authors should be mandated to submit their anonymized raw data at the stage of submission of their manuscripts to a journal to be considered for publication. Ego and colleagues report the findings from a randomized trial on the use of serial plotting of synthesis fundal height and estimated fetal weight measurements using ultrasound to detect fetal growth restriction amongst small for gestational age babies compared to standard antenatal care. This study reported that the serial plotting of synthesis fundal height and estimated fetal weight measurements did not improve the antenatal detection of fetal growth restriction in small for gestational age births. This was a multi-center cluster trial design involving over 9,000 women. It was therefore an adequately powered pragmatic trial. It was also prospectively registered with details of the source of funding and conflict of interest reported. The authors reported that there was no patient or public involvement in the study design. Although it was a trial with negative findings, we have accepted it for publication due to the clinical importance and novelty of its findings. At BGOG, we are committed to publish well-reported randomized trials with high transparency in women's health. In this regard, we have accepted an article by Khalid Khan and the Cairo Consensus Group on Research Integrity 
reporting on the results of a multi-stakeholder consensus statement with the objective of enhancing the integrity of clinical trials for publication. Thank you very much for your attention. Thank you for listening to this podcast from BJOG. We have been reporting the best research in women's health since 1902. We are keen to hear your views. Tweet us at BJOG Tweets. You can find more podcasts at www.bjog.org.